Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast. Kyle Wonders. Hello, hello. Rob Croyle. Hello. And of course me, Logan, coming at you with the footnotey goodness. Uh, missing Jen again this week. Soon to be back. Soon to be back. And then I have to give up my good chair She'll again. Be, uh, yeah, Kyle stole your chair, Jen. Yeah, it's pretty comfy. It is pretty comfy. It's a comfy chair. It's a comfy, comfy chair. Anyway, well, uh, we have one shortcoming, which was revealed on our Instagram Ooh. Um, by my father. Uh, I was doing, apparently I was doing really well, and then I called it dirt. And that is, the geologists would all apparently be very disappointed in me for calling it dirt at one point. Um, I'm not sure why. There was some debate at uh, family dinner last night at my house as to this, and Anne and Ivan both had strong opinions. Kyle, you, you didn't have a strong opinion. See... Here's the thing. They're on team soil. They're on team soil. But I think that I may have I may be forced here to start the anti-soil dirt rebellion. Oh dear lord. Because everyone knows it as dirt. <laughs> if you said you're dirty, you're dirty. You don't say you're soily. Soily would be weird. I think that's I'm going to start w- saying soily. It's got a weird mouthfeel. Well, you could say that 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 thing is soiled. And soiled. But that has a different connotation than dirty. Mm. If something's like covered in dirt dust, it is dirty. It's not soily. Soily's mm. just got a weird mouthfeel. I'm on team dirt. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I'm just. Uh, I know what to do with that. I'm going to check in with you and see how this dirt rebellion is oh, going from week I'll to week. I'll update you uh, every week. <laughs> <clears throat> this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So that was the that was the one shortcoming of the week. Um <laughs> I guess other than, you know, my arm being really short because it was in a sling. Little Nemo mode? Little Nemo mode. That's uh fantastic. Little T-Rex. Uh all right. Well, we've got plenty to talk about today, so let's dive right in. Uh so first off, we uh we're going to talk about these templates, the templates. Now, I have uh, I, I learned about this from, from our good friend Marty. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of this sermon came from his material. Give credit where credit is due. He was a, a transformative teacher for me, as far as this parable goes. But uh, from him, it says this. I got this common template of the rabbinical teaching. Uh-huh. You know that they they would follow this kind of pattern. Um, And so uh, he's got a couple of examples that give a little bit more detail than what I gave in the sermon, so I just wanted to throw those out there. Um, One example was uh, of these four learning, four different learners, was the sponge, the funnel, the strainer, or the sieve. Ooh. Okay. The sponge takes in everything and keeps everything. The good, the bad, they soak yeah. it all in, right? Uh, imagine listening to every sermon ever, 
even if it was from a stark raving lunatic <laughs> uh, at Westboro Baptist or something like that, right? And you take it all in, and you keep everything. It's all the best. Every sermon you've ever heard is the best, and you keep it, and you, 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 there's no discernment, right? It sounds like a good way to get weighted down. There you go. Um, so that, that's the sponge. And then the funnel takes in everything, but keeps nothing. So you listen to every sermon in one ear, out the other. No retention, right? Uh, and then next is the strainer, who takes in everything and keeps the bad. Okay. And then the sieve is the person who takes in everything and keeps the good. Interesting. So that's, uh, that is an A example of, of this four-part uh, four different learners, this template that you would... Uh, and the idea is that you would be the fourth mm-hmm. the fourth learner. So apparently, with this, if you're following this template, this pattern, uh, it would be assumed that you want to be that last one. I've heard this <clears throat> uh, applied to... Not this template, but the same I- template idea applied to the Good Samaritan parable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this was apparently also a common... That you would yeah. you would set this up, and the the last one is usually whoever you want to be. Yeah. Um, and Jesus pulls a fast one by making it a Samaritan when he tells that. Right. Um, so that would be another example of a common template that uh, parables would fall into. Uh, so kind of interesting that uh, if I remember correctly, that comes from the Talmud and the Mishnah. When they're reading, uh, if you if you look into the Talmud and the Mishnah, you can find those uh, various examples of parables structured in that manner. Hmm. Um, so there you go, <clears throat> little little fun tidbits there. Uh, that funnel strainer sieve thing, I, I definitely the you know sucking it all in, but no no discernment. I was that's... I was about to combat it and be like, but wait a second, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. But that kind of is what happened because, you know, that's just how I do. The 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 short soil, you take it in, but it doesn't retain. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool stuff. I actually like that a lot. <clears throat> it's kind of fun. All right. So, that's your uh that's your little uh fun tidbits on uh rabbinical templates, I guess. Uh now let's talk. Uh, let's talk about seeds. Do we want to talk about seeds now, or do we want to talk about the remez first? Uh, let's talk about the remez, then we'll talk seeds. All right. Yeah, that's the way we'll do that. Let's talk about remez. So we've we've been using this pardes, pashat, remez, drash, sod. Um, we the. So we've been using a lot of surface level teaching, the Peshat. We we went over that. That's the the easy stuff that just surface level reading would be apparent from just the telling. And now we're gonna look at the remezes, which would be the hints, right? This is the the cultural reference, maybe uh, the inside joke, the if Easter you will. egg, the Easter egg, um, where if you know <clears throat> if you know your text well then you could pick up that Jesus is pointing us back to some specific location, right? Um, so uh, the first one, let's talk about the path. 
So if you're if you're the person on the path, which we said uh, is a person who doesn't understand, and the evil one snatches it away, right? <clears throat> so if you're a person of the path, then what do you do? What is the, what is the reference here? That what do you do to prepare your soil? What might Jesus be pointing you to? And uh, here's a possible option. We look at Hosea 10. Uh, now, in, in the 10th chapter of Hosea, there's a, a verse here. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. Hmm. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Break up your unplowed ground. <clears throat> so if you're, if you're talking about an unplowed path... That might remind us of uh, if we were, were if we were really on top of it and really had our text memorized, uh, or if we just did some Google searching, <laughs> then we might stumble upon this verse in Hosea 10, which is talking about uh, he says uh, until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. It's talking about righteousness. Uh, the Jewish term is zedekah. That's uh, a fun word. Yeah. I'm probably saying that slightly wrong. It's uh, still a fun word. Z- Zadika, maybe. Uh, but I prefer Zedekah because that sounds yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to go with you. Yeah, all right. All right, Rob agrees. That, mu- <laughs> that must be canon then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say it's canon. We would never get anything wrong like that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's it's probably t- like uh, Tex-Mexican, you know. Oh, <laughs> We're pronouncing this like gringos. Uh, Mission Ridge uh, is a Tex-Mex of I, Hebrew. I just know. <laughs> uh, so the the idea here is that um, <clears throat> if you if you're looking at this verse, it might be apparent that to break up that ground, be generous. You're you're supposed to sow sow righteousness, embrace this righteousness, embrace the law of God, right in this, and be generous. So you want to start. You want to start breaking up your ground and seeing where God's working. Start uh, kind of having a heart similar to God's, yeah. Which is a generous heart. So that's kind of fun. Got a little Hosea ten. Uh, now let's talk about the rocks. The rock was the uh, the person who understands but has no depth cannot withstand the hardship, right? Um, now there's a couple of possibilities here. Uh, the one I'm going to use, the one I'm going to go with here is Isaiah 5. Out of Isaiah 5. It says, Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw, and as gra- dry grass sinks down into the flames, so their roots will decay, and their flowers blow away like dust. Sounding a little bit like what Jesus is hinting at there. The sun comes, and they wither, and they blow away. Yes. Right? The roots, they don't have roots. Uh, for they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty. So the roots decay and their flowers blow away like dust, for they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty and spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. So you want, or you, so you want deep roots. Embrace the law of God, essentially. This is what we talked about in, mm-hmm. our, in our next steps, is you want to dig deep roots? Yeah. You want to dig in? Embrace God's word. Um. This is the if you if you start working that into your life, that's how you grow deep roots. That's how you get anchored. 
Um, Absolutely. Other possibilities that you could look at if you wanted to, uh, Ezekiel 17 and Jeremiah 17 both have some possible discussions about building deep roots that you could check out if you wanted. Uh, Next, the thorns, right? Uh, This is the person who, uh, they get it, they understand it, they, they grow well, they've got good roots even, but then it gets choked out by by the weeds, uh, or the thorns, depending on your translation. So we're going to look at Jeremiah 4. It says, break up your unplowed ground, similar to that. that, Sounds like a path. Similar to the path one also. And do not sow among thorns. Oh, well, that's just just hitting you in the face with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Even I could pick up on that one. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Circumcise yourself to the Lord. Circumcise your hearts. You people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, For my wrath will flare up and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. Burn with no one to quench it. Uh, So this this passage, he's talking about turning away from idolatry. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idols, uh, Jesus points out the idols of worry and wealth um, when he's he's revealing the the answer in the the parable there. Um, But it's it's this idea of turn away from that and put your faith into action. It's not just well in the circumcision. That's that's calling back to the original call of of Abraham, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's remember who you are supposed to be. Well, and and there's there's action that has to take place. Like it's not passive. I'm sorry, but absolutely. So Abraham was not passively circumcised. It was an act of his will. It didn't accidentally happen? It didn't accidentally happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was something, it was, yeah, his actions were were intentional, and and I think that's, uh, you know, the plowing of the ground, you know, the circumcising yourself to the Lord, like it's, it's this idea that that there's things that you need to do. It just living within the community of God doesn't make you doesn't make you godly. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not an automatic. It's not an automatic thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the end of that one, it said, "Burn with no one else." Is that uh, correct? Uh, <clears throat> or my wrath will flare up and burn like fire. Because of the evil you have done, burn with no one to quench it. So we'll burn with no one to quench it. I oh oh, I, there's a comma there. See, yeah. I, okay, yeah, that's a necessary comma. Not I was a comma. About it's to... got it's got one of those lines. Yeah, but yeah. there's a there's a pause. Because of the evil okay. you have done, burn with no one to quench it. And never mind. Oh okay. That yeah. that word um, for the amongst the thorns, it's a it's a thorn bush or prickly plant. And I, you know, just kind of reminds me of this plant that that our dog kept getting into. It would leave these little seeds mm. in his coat mm. to the point where we would almost have to cut him out. Yeah, um, it's also the same word for the the crown of thorns. Oh. Oh, that's intriguing. Hmm. 
Can it be a Remez if it's a forward Remez? I would say no. Oh, that would be a Josh. That would be a Josh, huh? Because it's a word. I don't know. I'm confused. But it's a forward one. So Remezes are going to point you back to the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, but doesn't Josh have to do with like the same word use? Josh is the overall idea. Okay. Remez is the right word. You're you're talking about maybe potentially like a foreshadowing yeah. and mm. and you know I would say you know in our life transforming group this week we're we're reading in Ephesians and at one point the Apostle Paul says, "Hey, avoid these kinds of sins because of these kinds of sins." It's these are the kinds of sins that are enough to keep you out of the kingdom of heaven. And so the fact that Jesus was, was crowned with the things, like he, he bore our shame, right? So the fact that he'd be crowned with the things that would try to choke out, yeah. you know, God's kingdom in our lives, you know, or God, what God wants to do in our life or how God's word wants to work within our lives, the fact that he would wear that as a crown, um, is not surprising to me. Seems very Jesus-like. Fantastic. <clears throat> now, there is one other Ramez. There's one other Ramez. It's the hundredfold. Uh, well, there's one other, the Isaiah passage. Oh, yeah. That's right. What was it? It was Isaiah... Fifty-five. That's the one that you came up with. In verse 8, the Lord says, For my thoughts are, are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it to bear and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner in which I sent it. So the connection is this idea of the sower and and this crop that comes forth and, and that, that God is in charge of this process. Mm. And um, and, he, and he tells us that even even as we could see this ecological process takes place over and over and over again, we can believe and trust that God's word will not return void without accomplishing what God desires in that. So there seems to be a clear connection between these two stories. Hmm. <clears throat> There is a problem, though. What's what is the problem? Dun-dun-dun. Uh, how many times does this parable, are we told in this parable that that uh, he sowed, sows seed? Uh, well, he's, we're told that he sows four times. Yeah, and even some versions. Um, in fact, I think most versions will tell you that... Uh, There we go. That's the button I'm looking for. So NIV, uh farmer went out to sow his seed. Uh, and NL, 
tea. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. Uh, ESV, a sower went out to sow. That's actually closer to mm-hmm. the Greek. Good old ESV. Uh, Berean stu- Study Bible, farmer went out to sow his seed. Uh, so far, seed seems to be a common thread except for ESV, and Logan seems happy about ESV. Uh, um, NASB, uh, behold, the sower went out to sow. Ooh. Okay. Um, King James Bible, a sower went out to sow. The seed is falling off. Um, yeah, so... Well, KJ got her pretty good, too. Just so. God's Word translations mentioned seed. Um, so about one in four. Just a quick look here. Uh, mentioned seeds, and quite literally in the Greek, it says... Uh, behold, went out the one sowing to sow. Hmm. And, you know, next verse. And the sowing of him, some indeed fell along, some, somewhat. Well, you know. Some. Some, the... some indeed fell among yeah. the road. Some of what he was sowing. And having come, the birds devoured them. Other now fell upon, <laughs> like he's working so hard not to say the word. This is really hard not to, yeah. <laughs> like he is making all the effort not to say seed. Yes. <clears throat> um, which is really interesting. And, and I don't know what to totally do with that, but it seems like, well, we were playing this game last night called uh, Taboo. Mm hmm. Uh, and you're trying to say the word without saying the word. Yep. You know, and so like I'm, I instead of saying the word hell, I'm like heaven, and I'm shaking my head no. Yes, I'm saying <laughs> heaven, <laughs> and and everybody's going hell. Yep, good job. Um, <laughs> Bravo. That's a wonderful game of taboo we just played. And, and I think that's what Jesus is doing here. He is somehow highlighting by not saying the word seed. Well, that that's a common thing is that he'd quote something, and, but he'll leave out one little part. Yes. So that you would pick up the missing bit. That's why I believe that uh, his disciples would think mm. about Isaiah 55. With the seed. With the seed. Now, when we get to Matthew 13, 8... And he talks about the good that fell. <laughs> the good what? Still avoiding it. Yep, avoiding it. Uh, we're yielding fruit, some indeed. Um, now, if I'm going to throw out three different numbers mm. to just kind of communicate you know, like different quantities, different sizes. Sure. You know, small, medium, and large. You know, let, what are some common ways that we would do that in in our culture? What are some numbers that we would use? Well. If it was dollar bills. Oh. I hit them with 10, 50, 100. Okay. Yeah, 10, you know, 50, 100. 10, 50. 
Five, ten, twenty. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Definitely multiples of five, regardless. Oh sure. If it's or doubling, possibly. If it's gonna, if we're talking in terms of weight. Mm. You know, we're you'd be thinking in terms of little, big, biggest. Yeah, like uh, a ton versus you know ounces, pounds, and tonnage. Oh sure, yeah, half ton, three quarter ton, one ton truck. Okay, so what did we do in all of our examples? There, we went from the. It took all of my self control not to mess this up for you. <laughs> We went from smallest to largest. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> First of all. Uh, Second of all, we <laughs> use numbers that we are familiar with. I'm really curious why Jesus picks 30, 60, and 100. Yep. As opposed to like 90 instead of 100. Yeah, he could pick, he could, he could said 100, 50, and 10. Like, yeah. Like, <clears throat> now. Hundredfold and even sowing, hundredfold is mentioned in one other spot. Outside of Jesus' teaching, one other time. And and it's also the first mention for sowing in that same story. The first time we're told that someone sows. That's the first mention of that's the first mention of sowing. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. My guess is very much out of the window now. What did you think it was? I was I was thinking maybe it was in Job. Okay. After he gets like rewarded again. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe there's a hundredfold in there. Mm. But no. Nope. This has got to be Genesis then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is Genesis. So, 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 uh, so let's let's cover that. Um, All right. So, uh, so this is this is another remez, if you will. Uh, and it's going to point us to what uh, what Marty would, and I would agree with him on this, is the main, uh, possibly the drosh that Jesus is getting at with this parable. Um, so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 26. Oh, it's on the <clears throat> board. I should have known that. There you go. I thought, okay, but I saw G, and I honestly thought Galatians. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, so we're talking uh, Genesis 26 starts God's promise to Isaac, right? So we've got a famine in the land. Isaac goes to uh, Gerar to Abimelech, uh, king of the Philistines. Um, says, don't, don't go down into Egypt. God says, don't go down into Egypt. Dwell in the land, which I shall tell you. So stay in this land. Sojourn in this land. I will be with you and I will bless you. Uh, for you and your offspring will give all these lands. Um Etc. He's he's reconfirming what he's reconfirming Abraham the promise to Abraham that was established with that covenant. So when you were saying earlier, Rob, about being reminded of this covenant with Abraham, that was uh, fantastic there. Um, and he he rehashes this this covenant of Abraham's. Um, so Isaac settles there, doesn't go down into Egypt. Good job, Isaac. Um, but. When the men, uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 6. So Isaac settled there. Verse 7, when the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Which if we remember back to when we were talking about Abraham earlier last year, the partner God pursues, he screws up. 
this is a this is a reoccurring theme. This was a roughly he, right moment. This is a roughly right moment. He goes down into Egypt, but he's afraid, and so they tell everyone that Sarah or that his wife is his sister, and uh, and then the Pharaoh ends up like taking her as his wife, but that she's already and it's a whole it's a whole mess, and God uses it for his good, but it's a mess, and so we see Isaac make one of the same mistakes here, which is a problem. Um, but Abimelech... That's a fun name. Now, Abraham also did that to a dude named Abimelech at one point. Whether it's the same Abimelech, whether it's a different one, and he just, you know, a family name, or he just knows, but this guy knows about it. Um, and he catches this right off the bat. Um, verse 9 calls Isaac, says, Behold, she is your wife. Uh, how could you say she is my sister? Um, <clears throat> Isaac says, because I thought lest I die because of her. Um, Abimelech's like, no, I'm not having that. Um, so, uh, he's like, nobody can touch Isaac. Um, and so Isaac hangs out in this land. Uh, verse 12, and Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich, gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Um, now, this is this is reminding... Like, he, he stays in this land, even though he sticks it out, and he gets pushed around, and I, if I remember correctly, there was, there was something... Uh, it was digging wells. There was a, a story of digging wells that was tied in with this. Um, it, yeah, so he keeps digging wells, and, and there's either disputes over the well or or someone will come in and fill in the well and he just keeps moving around and digging new wells and digging new wells until finally it's not fought well i believe he re- returns to a well that his bo- his father had dug that sounds right originally um so we see him stay in this land he sticks it out he follows what god is telling him to do uh, he stays on mission with this calling of their people that was given to Abraham, even though he's screwing it up, you know, with the with the whole Abimelech thing. <clears throat> Despite the roughly right, he sticks with the mission. And so, what I see in this in this parable going on is that Jesus is telling the people, "Stay in the land, stay in the mess of this, sow righteousness." So generosity, cling to the law, all of the other remezes that he lined up there with the different soils. And it, it comes to this, and he's like, if you do this, if you fight to make your soil good, then you're going to get this return. And, and what we see happening at that point in the story with Isaac is really where God's, like, that's where they kind of come into their own, and God's story really starts to take off in a lot of ways at that point. That's kind of a turning point in that story where Isaac really commits. Right. And I, I think that this, a possible drosh, the possible drosh maybe, of this story that Jesus is really the deeper meaning of this teaching is that if you stick this out, if you do the hard work, that God's mission is going to prevail here, hmm. which for a bunch of people living under Roman rule, occupied, you know, occupied Israel, yeah. that's a, uh, 
that could be a powerful teaching right there. So hmm. there you go. Hundredfold. That's a good one. That might be my favorite Remez that, that we've talked about today for sure. That's a good one. Well, there's in my experience with uh taking personal time to read my Bible on a daily basis. There are so many things that want to compete for that time. Absolutely. And trust me, I know I hardly ever do my LTG reading. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did it today. I did do it today. I it make it warms my heart when you send me those messages. I got a message earlier today. Kyle's like, between. I really don't like Ephesians five. I don't. It's like I knew he read it. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, and even when I get into like a, a good pattern. Sure. Uh, getting into a good pattern for myself, like a pattern that fits for me, my schedule, and 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 I you know, I think sometimes we try to fit that time into a space that really doesn't work for us. It you know like I do that kind of reading better in the morning mm-hmm. uh, versus at night. Because uh, my mornings are a little more consistent, and so, um, but there's been times where reading at night was actually during that season of time that was that was better. But you know, so so sometimes I'll like my patterns get messed up because of different seasons. And for you as a student, Kyle, you know your pattern gets messed up about what every yeah six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go semester, but yeah, six hours. Six All hours. right, that works too. <laughs> and then there is no pattern; it yeah. is all just uh, tovu vavohu. And, and I'm such a social person that that we just got full living in the dorms would mess. That's that would mess with my yeah, yeah. end of the world right there, man. These but, are all um, reasons why I don't do my LTG reading consistently. <laughs> but we're working on. Sounds it. like a lot of thorns. You know what? Just I'm weeding choking, it out. Just you know, choking it. Out. We're slowly cutting some thorns back. <laughs> Fantastic. But it does. It, it seems like even once once I've settled into a good pattern, getting out of that pattern, mm-hmm. like drifting out of that pattern, feels like such an easy thing to do. And it's like any other discipline that we apply, whether it's going to the gym or or eating in a healthy way or sure you know uh it's so easy like life just provides so many opportunities for us to just become distracted Mm -hmm. yeah and i think there's there's some how established how how established is that habit right because if 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 it's a relatively new habit, um, then I, I know for me, the the smallest little thing can derail that completely because it's not firmly planted yet. I haven't, you know, it's not ingrained. Um, versus if it's something that I've been doing for years and years and years, that sort of habit, right? then it's easier to get back on track at least, mm-hmm. even if something derails it. Because yeah. that's the normal well, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at this from like your your grandfather's garden mm-hmm. that you talked about, 
if year after year after year and throughout the year you have this same process and for your grandfather like it was like clockwork you could you could probably mark out the seasons by when he's going to walk out of the house and head towards the barn and and pull out you know the farm equipment you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever he's going to use yeah you know it just became such a natural part of of sure but like you said it was still hard work there were still rocks rising to the surface in fact you Every should probably single time you should probably tell us how those oh how, how those, those rocks got there how those rocks rise to the surface <clears throat> in the midst of the dirt <laughs> <laughs> oh well i was told <clears throat> by an authority on the subject <clears throat> big rocks rise to the top the cornflakes theorem i can explain there's a cornflakes theorem. I love the fact that there's a cornflakes theorem. You're making was me hungry. proven by physicists to explain this. As the larger particles wiggle, smaller particles fall into the space created. This lifts the larger particles. Uh, and then it was added that geology is a very important branch of physics. Um, and that dirt is a four-letter word, and my geology professor would be ashamed of me. Now, I want to clarify that I never took geology. I only took natural disasters, and there was definitely no discussion of dirt versus soil. Just a lot of talking about mass wasting, and I can tell you all about that. That's what an avalanche is called. Or a landslide. Mass wasting. Or when my shoes fall down off of the rack. Mass wasting. Anyway. So that is how the uh, the rocks rise out of the soil slash dirt, depending on which party you're a part of. It's also <clears throat> why all the small crumbs are at the bottom of the cereal box. That makes sense. And that's why it's the cornflakes theorem. Uh-huh. And a useful tidbit of information is if you want to get all the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms, just vibrate the box a whole bunch and all the marshmallows come to the top of the box. Yeah, you heard me. That His makes eyes got real big. Perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> huh. Well, brilliant. The more that you know, the more you know. Now you've been educated. Yes. Uh, today. Now join the dirt rebellion. <laughs> now join the dirt rebellion. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, jeez. So, yes, Mark Daly, thank you for uh, helping us out with that tasty goodness. I'm going to have to go. Have some breakfast cereal now. <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, we can't talk about <clears throat> salvation. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but we got we got to talk about salvation. Okay, so there was a. It was presented to me. <clears throat> uh, this was this was also coming from Mark Daly. This is what happens when I talk to him before I'm writing the sermon. He's like, "You better talk about this. You can't just like you can't ignore this because there's there's people that say these things." Uh, so you could read this parable, and you could say that this is a discussion that Jesus is alluding to various uh, salvation conversations, possibly. Uh, that this is you could read into this. You've got the the path. This is the person who never the word of God. He never hears about God. Never it, it never connects. Never is saved. Right. And that person just is never as saved. The evil one snatches them away. Um, and then you get your good soil. That's the person who is saved, hears about God, is saved, repents, blah, blah, blah. 
gets it totally saved they're in okay cool those two are pretty clear pretty easy pretty easy okay we can make a connection there two people one Uh, one person in one person out one person in one person out the the analogy seems to work pretty well now it gets sticky in the middle two you should have said in the thorns it gets it gets it gets stuck in the thorns there we go gets thorny oh man uh it's a you really just kind of get pummeled by rocks at this point Okay, we're done with that. Yeah. Uh, so you got these middle two, the You're rocky, on rocky soil. ground with this already. Come oh, on. it's just it's uh, unlevel ground. It's just not good. Oh man. And uh, so uh, this is the path less traveled. Yeah, we're gonna get scorched on this. <laughs> Hello, Brent Billings. <laughs> oh, we needed you this. <laughs> so. Uh, so you've got your rocky ground and your thorns, and the the idea is that this would maybe apply to certain theological stances <clears throat> um, about uh, salvation. In that this is the uh, that this this could be used as ammunition to back up your theological stance that perhaps uh, salvation could be lost. That oh well, that took root. But it didn't take root well, and then they lost their salvation. Um, and really, the middle two both would amount to the same thing, as far as I know. It would be that it takes root, and then through either sin or they just whatever, they they are no longer saved. I guess would be the case that could be made, and you could use this parable as kind of a ammunition really is the only word I can think of or a, a backing approving text maybe yeah. for your Exciting for your sources. theology about about salvation um, now I'm not saying that that's untrue uh, or that 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 uh, theology would be wrong I'm not gonna argue that right or wrong um, but I don't see. I don't see this parable as being a good, like, I don't see this parable being a good use of, like, I don't see proving yeah, a theology I'm... as a good use of this parable, <laughs> probably is the best way to say that. Also, I feel like if it was going to prove that, they wouldn't be two in the middle. Right? That They're just, like, it feels kind of redundant They, they to should have tell two. two different points, yeah, but especially because like... the one is the, you know, yeah. the beginning and the end are the more important two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's possible. That's another. That's another possible use of of this parable that you might have heard at some point, um, various sermons or teachings, or you might hear somebody use this parable in that manner. Um, but I don't see a lot of. Once again, all those remezas point to other things. This is more about, and and this is I. That makes the seed salvation, I guess. Um, if you were going to read the yeah. parable that way, and if and I don't see I don't see any evidence of that. Yeah, and also like from a more looking at the word, a seed implies growth, mm. and salvation doesn't have a lot of growth. Mm. It's kind of like a you're, you're saved hmm. or you're not saved. There's not a lot. Well, I mean, there's growing within that, but like to sure. have salvation be the thing growing itself, I think you go into salvation the Salvation doesn't grow. Well, it being a seed is kind of odd to me. 
I think something to consider, though, is uh, Jesus says they'll know, know you by your fruits. And so the idea that uh, our fruit representing our relationship and you know, if someone tells me that they're a Christian, but I don't see the fruit of the, of the Spirit that creates questions for me. Uh, and so, so if, if that is indeed a salvation question, okay. uh, I, I think you'd have to say that the first three soil types would, would lend towards the different reasons for someone not being saved. Mm-hmm. Someone that's never heard. Okay. Yep. Never heard. Never takes. Sure. Okay. You know, uh, the person that, uh, you know, that the worries of the world, um, you know, or, or temp or their persecution, you know, like they first hear about Christ and they, and, uh, and then someone laughs at them. And so they're like, Persecution is too much. Persecution is too much, and then and then the and then the third person is the, uh, you know, they distracted by riches and, and those kinds of things. Uh, that whole argument rests on a. If you look at someone's life on a timeline, where you stop on the timeline and you go, okay, so. Uh, what's the soil? What's the grand scheme? What's the grand total? What's the overall topography of Kyle's heart? Let's say mm. the soil of his heart. What's if I look at you know sure. as of December first, twenty seventeen? Is what kind of soil do I see in Kyle's heart? Oh, it's the path. Okay, unsaved. But is that always going to be true? Sure. You know, and so um, that's, that's kind of a macro level that's looking at a, a soil from the macro level and, and, and giving it an A, B, C, F grade, you know. Sure. Almost as it were. And it doesn't seem to follow your four types that you talk about. Like there's this there's these four types of learner and and the question you're supposed to ask yourself is what kind of learner am I when you're when you're talking with a rabbi mm-hmm. well if you're in relation you're not talking to a rabbi if you're not a learner yep you're not in relationship with the rabbi if you're you know and so in order to evaluate yourself you have to Relationship is is assumed. Hmm. That's a good point. So I think instead of looking at the soil for, at or considering people at the macro level and going, oh well, of course their hearts a path. Um, I think we should look like you talked about in the sermon. Like there's these areas of my life, and at the micro level. In this area of my life, when it comes to this conversation, this topic, am I still letting God talk 
speaking to my world, mm-hmm. or am I going? I kind of like those weeds in that part of my life, mm-hmm. and so maybe. Maybe from a generosity standpoint, you're all over it, but maybe from a sexual integrity standpoint, eh, not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, plenty of rocks, plenty of thorns, maybe maybe some path. Maybe haven't considered what God has said in that particular area. And I feel like that is a better model for the, the four types of parables or the the parable, the four types of learners that you talked about, like this is a common type. And so sure. can we use this to talk about salvation? Maybe that doesn't seem to be what Jesus is talking about. It seems to be an invitation to uh, do the do the hard work, to go to those passages. If, you know, and in Hosea and mm-hmm. Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and look at those passages and go, man, what do I do to continue to prepare the soil of my heart? Yep, yep. So that's those are my thoughts. I like that. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. All right. Now, Kyle, while you were listening to the sermon... Yes, actively listening, but also thinking. Yeah, well, that's that's entirely (laughs) fine. Let's encourage. Shoot, dang. You were applying what I was saying to... Yes. Or the parable. What were you applying it to? Okay, so you're big. You, like, opened up the sermon, like, we are not the sower. Yep, okay. I'm not saying we're the sower. But I'm saying that there maybe might be something we can take from the idea of looking at a sower position. Okay. Because what is, like, the number one thing we're called to do is to model our life after Mr. Jesus. Yep, absolutely. He's a good guy. He's yep. got, done a lot of good stuff. And he, one of the things he does is disciple people, which we've talked about quite a bit at this point. You Fair know, amount. Go back to those... That's like the beginning of Kyle on footnotes. So obviously they're the best episodes. (laughs) Um, But discipleship in itself is like a a process that is often evolving and often takes many different forms. And you can't enter a situation discipling someone that you would be discipling someone who's been in the church, say, five years versus someone who doesn't know Jesus. And I think... That to look at the, it can almost be a useful discipleship tool to look at the soil type of the person who you are oh, discipling. absolutely. And to like yep. to meet them where they are in that soil type. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to bring a rototiller to a, a thorny part. You're going to bring some pruning shears, right? Like to All get right. the thorns out. Sure. So, like, there's different tools you have to use for different situations. Understanding the problem. Yes. Which would be what we were talking about with the remezes. Mm-hmm. This is whether you're embrace like embrace the law of God or giving up, you know, exactly giving up your sins or sowing righteousness, mm-hmm. being, being generous. Sure, absolutely. So yeah. I almost think that like, if you look at the soil type, that can kind of address to you how best to approach that person. Oh, fantastic. 
Yeah, and we do need to consider like there's the macro level conversation of this person has never really engaged with God's word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're we're talking about the path. Like we need mm-hmm. to like we have to talk about righteousness. We have to talk about generosity. We have to talk about you know, but then there's also as you go further in your discipleship, you're gonna have to be more concerned at the micro level and go Oh, I see some really good fruit over here, but man, what is this? Yeah. Oh, sure. that, wow. Let's, I love you, but let's have a conversation. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's almost the flip side of, so where I, where I was saying that it starts with me personally, and then I take it to the community. Mm-hmm. That's definitely coming from a place of I'm, I'm actively pursuing this, right? But there's a flip side of like, when I take it to the community... That's Rob looking at the soil and saying, "All right, yeah, Logan has ideas, but they're yeah. completely wrong because he's actually <laughs> he's he's thinking it's rocks, but it's actually weeds. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's get some four O, let's get you know two four D on that bad yeah. boy." Well, and and the whole idea of of transparency and you know, that part of the conversation from the sermon, where sure. where as individuals and corporately, we will w- practice transparency. It's it's not easy. It's no. it's. Uh, it it'll challenge us more often than not, but that kind of takes me back to dealing with the log in our own eye before we deal with the speck in our, in our brother's eye. Mm-hmm. Like if we're going to use this as a discipleship tool, we have to make sure that we're dealing with the soil of our own heart. Yeah, always, huh. always. Yep, yep. Not just first. But on a, a continual basis. Yep, absolutely. I continue to find places, you know, as a 50-year-old man who gets paid full-time to talk about God's kingdom, I continue to find places that I need to, you know, plow up and deal with rocks and deal with weeds. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And so, if we if we ever get to the point where we're avoiding that that work within ourselves in order to help others, that that's a dangerous spot. Absolutely, that's pouring out your cup and like not filling. Wait, what? What is that? Like pouring yourself out without filling yourself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You that's that. kind of what that is. Yeah. Nice. That was some that was some second level application there, Kyle. Fantastic. Gold star. Oh yes. Gold star for you. Absolutely. Sticker on the board. Oh man. Earning that title, boy wonder. <laughs> oh man. Fantastic. Jen, when are you coming back? We need this. Yeah. Uh all right. So we will be back again next week with more parables. Uh let's hear this week. What do what do we got? Tares and wheats and tares and we we have Six parables that we're going to cover. Oh, okay. All in one week. All in one week. We oh, said that we would do seven was it, parables. Wasn't the name of the series Seven Parables? It's Seven Parables. Oh, okay. So we're going to do but six. But these are more bite-sized. Are these like mini parables? Yeah. And I bet they're all related these to are... each other. What? I bet no. they're all... I'm going to tell you guys right now. They're all the same parables. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now. This is how there's 24 and only 18. There's six repeats. Honey, I shrunk the parable. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Oh, uh, well, you're just going to have to tune in for that. Join us on Sunday, live and in person, uh, 8.30 or 10.30. Or uh, you can tune in online if that's more of your flavor. Love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at info at missionridge.church. You should do it. It'll be a fun time. Absolutely. Uh, if not, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.